0: Welcome back to New World Next Week. I'm James Corbett of C-O-R-B-E-T-T-Report.com.
1: And I'm James Evan Pilato from Media Monarchy. GE mosquitoes could pose significant threats to human populations. We have got that story, plus collecting Ukraine biometrics. But first, Saudis in talks to start selling some oil in Yuan. We grabbed this from anti-empire.com. And just I have to say right from the beginning, look at these dudes face masks, and elbow bumps. What a bright, horrible future. They, James, they look like they're striking like superhero poses or something. Saudi Arabia is in active talks with Beijing to price some of its oil sales to China in yuan, a move that would dent the US dollar's dominance of the global petroleum market and mark another shift by the world's top crude exporter toward Asia. The talks with China over yuan-priced oil contracts have been off and on for six years, but have accelerated as many things have this year as the Saudis have grown increasingly unhappy with decades-old U.S. security commitments to defend the kingdom. The Saudis are angry over the U.S.'s lack of support for their criminal intervention in the Yemen Civil War and over the Biden administration's attempt to strike a deal with Iran over its nuclear deal program. Saudi officials have said they were shocked by the precipitous U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan last year, and notes that China buys more than 25% of the oil that Saudi Arabia exports. If priced in yuan, those sales would boost the standing of China's currency. The Saudis are also considering including yuan-denominated futures contracts known as the petroyuan in the pricing model of Saudi Arabian oil company, aka Aramco. It would be a profound shift for Saudi Arabia to price even some of its roughly 6.2 million barrels a day of crude exports in anything other than US American dollars. The majority of global oil sales, around 80%, are done in the US dollar, and the Saudis have traded oil exclusively in the dollar since 1974 in a deal with the Nixon administration that included security guarantees for the kingdom. China introduced Yuan-priced oil contracts in 2018 as part of its efforts to make its currency tradable across the world, but they didn't make a dent in the dollar's dominance in the oil market for China. Using dollars has become a hazard, highlighted, of course, by recent US sanctions on Iran over its nuclear program and even more recent sanctions on Russia in response to the Ukraine invasion. In other news, James, I think this is kind of interesting and and worth pointing out. Biden ends military aid for Saudi war in Yemen, February 5th, 2021. Also, Biden pledges US support against Houthi attacks to Saudi King February 9th, 2022, they say one thing and do another while, of course, their corporate prostitutes run cover for him. James, it's almost like saying the scandemic's over while continuing to build the biosecurity state.
0: Yes, yes, it almost is like that, isn't it? And this is just a continuation of what we were noting uh, just a week or two weeks ago, where we were talking about Pandora's box opening and all of these things happening, one of which being Biden trying to call up the Saudis or UAE, hey guys, you want to talk about some oil? No? Okay. (laughs) These are the types of changes that are occurring on the geopolitical scale right now. And I I think... Longtime Corbett Report listeners will understand what's happening and the significance of what's happening right now. But for people who are just getting on board with this and learning about reality, I would uh, I'll throw in the link to the petrodollar Dollar search on CorbettReport.com as well as the Petro Yuan search because I've talked about both repeatedly for the past five or six years. Um, there's a lot to go through in the history of what this system is, how it came about, and what the Petro Yuan alternative looks like. Um, but Long story short, this is, I mean, these are some truly hugely historical movements that are taking place right now on a daily basis. Uh, I I hope people appreciate just the incredible scale of what we're living through right now, truly world historical times. And I have said it before. I am saying it now. I will say it again. I think what this is fundamentally at at base about is a shift over in the world monetary paradigm. And I think that was expressed quite well by uh, David Hendrickson on the Geopolitics and Empire podcast recently on uh, where he talked about weapons of financial destruction, WFDs unleashed on Russia, China, and Iran. Yeah, the delisting of uh, Russian banks from SWIFT is a a huge, that's a nuclear weapon on the financial scale. Um, And we are just starting to see the, the effects of that and how that's going to play out geopolitically part of which is this gigantic realignment that, again, would have been unthinkable in the previous Pax Americana era of Saudi Arabia. Like, oh, we don't need your U.S. military umbrella. That's it. You know, petrodollar? Uh, Maybe, maybe not. Maybe we'll inch out of the petrodollar. So, Again, that's a pretty huge development in and of itself, but that isn't the only development, obviously. Um, For example, we could point to United Arab Emirates chooses solidarity between oil producers over military allies, talking about how the Gulfies play the blob like a fiddle, um, which goes into more of the United Arab Emirates side of this. Pakistan has also, uh, for example, um, Pakistani uh, President Khan has been meeting with Putin even during this Ukraine crisis which drew some controversy. Don't worry guys, it was we had pre-planned this a long time in advance. We just had to go through with this meeting. We're not we're not siding with the Russians, but Pakistan increasingly looking like it might be open to relations with the Russians. Again, unthinkable because during the Cold War, Pakistan was not on the side of the Russians. So, um, some some huge things And I have heard chatter, rumors, that uh, the Organization of Islamic Cooperation meeting that is due to take place next week uh, in Pakistan, which will, of course, feature all of the OIC members, uh, if not heads of state, at least foreign ministers or whichever high-ranking ministers they send, um, will be there in Islamabad for the conference on March 22nd. March 23rd is Pakistan Day, um, and they are going to be celebrating from the chatter and rumors I've heard with some sort of announcement about, say, pricing oil in yuan or something along those lines. So I don't know. I can't verify that. It's just something I've heard, something to keep an eye out for next week anyway. But as I say, these events are happening on a daily basis now and huge, huge movements are taking place. And I will just point people once again to the fact that China keeps coming up, is bubbling up as, you know, what what side are they on? And U.S. warning, you know, don't side with Russia on this and all of this. And it's this strange tension that's playing out right now that I think historians of the future era will be looking at this like the opening months of World War II, the, the quiet war, the silent war, whatever they call it, where it's like, okay, I guess we're at war, but nothing's happening. You know, what what's happening? Who's going to strike first? This is the era that we're in right now.
1: Uh, another, I would say, rising name we just mentioned, the United Arab Emirates last week. They've become, of course, a more important player at the table. James, you mentioned next week, and uh, all I'm looking at, of course, is we have the spring equinox, and since we've just passed the, uh, the Ides of March, I'd say some pretty interesting things might be taking place all around the globe. Pretty interesting supplemental reading. The untold story behind Saudi Arabia's nearly 50-year U.S. debt secret. And that gets into, of course, the Nixon administration's deal with the Saudis nearly 50 years ago. Or you could just watch the movie version, How and Why Big Oil Conquered the World, the two-disc DVD set, available at newworldnextweek.com. More at the end of this episode on that. This is episode 479 of New World Next Week. James, you and I have been doing this for 12-plus years And I even almost said at the start there, this is a classic New World Next Week story, the petrodollar type of story, the real moves in the financial world order. There are a lot of other moves on the grand chessboard as well. Ukraine given access to Clearview AI's controversial facial recognition technology. And we take this from itpro.co.uk. And again, everything we mention on these episodes for 12 plus years, always sourced and cited down in your show notes. Clearview AI is providing Ukraine's defense ministry with free access to its facial recognition technology the company has confirmed. The facial recognition software is being used to identify Russian soldiers. Oh, oh cool, that that sounds okay. Tackle misinformation. Oh, that, that starts to get a little dicey, but okay, reunite displaced families and identify the deceased. Those, unfortunately, not mutually exclusive. And that sounds like... That includes more biometrics than just those evil Ruskies reuniting displaced families and identifying the deceased. As other forms of identification, including fingerprint scanning, become increasingly challenging due to heavy bombardment. It's tough to get, you know, thumbprints when you're being bombarded. Initially reported as an exclusive by Reuters. The New York-based company Clearview AI has since confirmed to IT Pro that Clearview AI has provided its groundbreaking facial recognition technology to Ukrainian officials for their use during the crisis they are facing. It comes after CEO and co-founder Hawan Tanthat sent a letter to Ukrainian government offering support following the Russian invasion on 24 February. In the document seen by IT Pro, That claims that Clearview AI has access to over 2 billion images obtained through the Russian social media service v that can be used to identify Russian soldiers. v is the most popular social network in Russia with an estimated 400 million registered users. We will include the exclusive from Reuters and some other supplemental links. Ukraine has started using Clearview's AI facial recognition during war. And because we're in a horror movie, you need a good horror movie headline. Clearview facial recognition technology helps Ukraine recognize the dead. And you can even just read their Wikipedia page where I learned, James, that Clearview's lawyers are the ones that successfully helped argue the landmark Citizens United case to the U.S. Supreme Court, resulting in, of course, corporations are people. Other low lights I've covered on Morning Monarchy, James, this is uh, interesting. You just mentioned you'll include the search for Petro Yuan and Petro Dollar on Corbett Report. I doubt I have many hits on Media Monarchy for Petro Yuan. You have zero hits for Clearview on corberreport.com so, so I got you covered. Clearview AI broke Canadian privacy laws with facial recognition tool, February 2021. Clearview's facial recognition app, Just been used by all your favorites at the Justice Department, the Immigration Department, Macy's, Walmart, the NBA, Best Buy, Homeland Security, Miami Police, Philadelphia Police, Indiana Police, New York Police, Kohl's, Wells Fargo, Bank of America. You know, those good folks. That goes back to February 2020. But the most recent, James, Clearview launches facial recognition tools to de-blur images and remove masks, October 2021. That seems vaguely important in the scandemic era. So James, you you can assure me none of this will fall into the hands of the bad guys, will it? Uh, uh, Assuming you don't already think the neo-Nazis we're now supposed to love and support aren't bad,
0: James. Right, yeah. Wait, there are good guys? <laughs> wow, cool. I, news to me. I haven't seen any yet. Um, yeah, exactly right. And uh, thank you for covering the Clearview side of this. Um, on facial recognition in general, I will point people back to my conversation with Michael Meharry of the Tenth Amendment Center from uh, to the early 2020, just before the scandemic hit, um, on the facial recognition pushback that was happening uh, legislatively in various uh, municipalities around the United States passing ordinances that they will not use facial recognition for policing and what have you. Um, So that was a movement that was gaining some traction and attention before the world changed forever into the next new normal, blah, 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 whatever. Um, So uh, I think the way to understand and frame what is going on here is, okay, let me get this straight. Ukraine's defense ministry is unrolling, rolling out this, this facial recognition technology to scan for bad guys and to scan the good guys on our side and to scan everyone and get all of their biometric information. You know, that seems to me a tacit admission of something that I think both you and I have tried to warn about for many years now. Facial recognition is a weapon system or at the very least it is something that will be deployed in warfare as a way of controlling the battle space and understanding the enemy slash our own citizens while we're at it, who, by the way, let me repeat this again because I say it every week now, but it's still important to repeat. This is a war. It's a war on all of us. And it is a war by our individual governments working in concert that are essentially attempting to control the human population. And they are going to use weapons in this war like facial recognition, biometrics, fingerprint scanning, iris scanning, digital ID. If that sounds familiar to you, thank you. Question: Ding, ding, dong, ding. You are paying attention. If not please see my recent podcast episode on the Global Digital ID Prison, where you can find out about how this agenda is absolutely central to the takeover of the planet that is happening right now. And they're going to use every excuse to, uh, to roll that agenda out. And no excuse is a better excuse than war. That is, of course, they always love to test out their new trinkets and uh, technology for controlling the population during times of war. So no surprise at all, really, to see the Ukraine Defense Ministry rolling this out right now.
1: It just hit me, James. I'm sure Apple, when things get hot, Apple won't turn over all those eye retinas they, of course, have their hands on. Would they? No, they'd never do that to you. I think to put this story into maybe some more recent terms, because those unfortunately are the only terms that most of the normie folks will remember, expect to see something like this headline in the future The Taliban have seized U.S. military biometric devices, August 2021. Won't fall into the enemy's hands, though. And again, as, as long as we're talking about the war on war du jour. James, I actually had somebody mention war-ons in an email recently. So we've coined, you know, coining new terms here. I'm sure a lot of people out there have seen their friends and family that were noted epidemiologists the last two years suddenly become geopolitical experts now. Maybe hit them up with that biometric story instead, and I would say definitely send them this one. Deleted webpages show Senator Obama led effort to build Ukraine-based biolab. Recovered by the National Pulse, The 2010 article raises serious questions about U.S. government activity in Ukraine stretching back almost two decades. Fake right loads the gun. Fake left pulls the trigger. Let's jump to our final segment here on New World Next Week, episode 479. Again, James, (laughs) we've talked about all of these stories before, but they keep coming back again. It's almost like, they, you know, when they run selections to try and, you know, get you to vote the right way scientists to release gmo mosquitoes funded by gates in california and florida we grabbed this from miamistandard.news james which sort of looks like a regular normie news site and then i'm seeing links to of course infowars and other places because of course it is an information war millions of gmo mosquitoes funded by the bill and melinda gates foundation are set to be released in california and florida the EPA greenlit the release of the GMO mosquitoes as part of a pilot program to crowd out natural mosquitoes in selected areas of those two states. The mosquitoes were made by UK-based biotechnology firm Oxitec, which is funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation in an effort to combat insect-borne diseases such as dengue fever, yellow fever, Zika virus, as reported by the Epic Times, according to Oxitec. Its sustainable and targeted biological pest control technology does not harm beneficial insects like bees because we already killed all those things with the the Roundup and, of course, butterflies and is proven to control the disease-transmitting Aedes aegypti mosquito, which has invaded communities in Florida, California, and other U.S. states where they've tried this before. The pilot program in Florida, which was given a head start last year, faced backlash from residents who criticized the EPA. The EPA did not require peer review or basic preliminary caged trials in Florida and Texas and excluded adequate public comment by not posting relevant documents when they approved the trial, said J.D. Hansen, at the Center for Food Safety. Others felt the EPA didn't consider unintended consequences. In March, a panel of independent experts testified to the Florida Keys Mosquito Board that GE Mosquitoes could also pose significant threats to sensitive ecosystems and human populations in the Florida Keys, as reported by the Daily Mail. Genetically modified mosquitoes cleared for release in California. Another article from Gizmodo. Now, while that's happening, and wildly headlined and marqueed, this next story already happened three years ago and failed. Genetically modified mosquitoes breed in Brazil, September 2019. After a field experiment between 2013 and 2015, genetically modified mosquitoes are breeding in Brazil. According to the researcher's original plan, all released mosquitoes in their offspring should have died. An attempt to contain the populations of the yellow fever mosquito in Brazil have failed. It appears that gene mutations may have been transferred to the local population. The gene modification called OX513A in the mosquitoes was designed in such a way that the first mosquito's descendant generation of those mosquitoes, known as F1, would not reach the adult stage and thus not be able to reproduce, except they did. Researchers at Yale University came to the conclusion that the parts of the gene alteration had unexpectedly migrated into the target population of local mosquitoes. Yet another epic fail from the the gods of mad scientism, James.
0: Well, fail, question mark, or what is the real intention behind this, right? (laughs) Um, You're exactly right. I mean, we have talked about this for many, many years. I will throw the way, way, way back Link to episode 66 of the Corbett Report from 2008 on vaccines as silent weapons, where I played the clip of uh, Gates releasing the mosquitoes as flying syringes into the audience. You know, huh? You know, eh, this is what we're gonna do in the future, huh? This is this is vaccination in the future. Remember that? Yeah, Pepperidge Farm remembers, and so does the Corbett Report. So I'll throw that way, way, way back link in. But yeah, you gotta hand it to the, these globalist minions when they say they're gonna do something you better believe they're going to at least try. They're going to try to do exactly what they're telling you they're going to do. And on that note, I will actually have uh, something more to say in the newsletter this weekend about the next steps in the unfolding, not stopping biosecurity agenda that is not over. Don't worry about that. There is, There are timelines, roadmaps, all sorts of things where they're telling you exactly what's going to happen, giving you specific dates. So we better be paying, continuing to pay attention to that. But on this story in particular... Uh again <laughs> there's a lot to say that I've said before so I will throw people uh, the link to uh the conversation I had with Jonathan Latham of Independent Science News in June of 2020 on uh 2020 on gene drives and the Gates Foundation um where we talked about his article for Independent Science News, Gates Foundation hired PR firm to manipulate UN over gene drives, where we talked about this technology that OxyTech is using, the gene drive technology, how it is deeply flawed, um, again, flawed, depending on which side of which coin you're trying to toss here, um, but it, that the, the science around it has been manipulated and PR'd and spun. And, of course, we did mention genetically modified mosquitoes are breeding in Brazil, despite biotech firms' assurances to the contrary. But don't worry, that Gizmodo article we're linking to will tell you that, oh, that that article was that that was dismissed that that was debunked uh, you know there was a there was a lack of compelling evidence surrounding that uh, 2019 paper that showed hey you know how we said these guys aren't going to be able to breed uh, past this the first generation well it seems they are <laughs> oops but no that that's st- that that study was flawed so we don't have to worry about that don't worry guys trust the science how could that go wrong wait gene therapy is flawed <laughs> Gene drives, okay. <laughs> not gene therapy. <laughs> oh, sorry,
1: <laughs> D- different science.
0: Yeah, totally different.
1: Uh, bonus question, James: What did you, if you assuming you saw it, what did you make of Melinda Gates' comments on her ex Bill's special relationship with Jeffrey Epstein? I noticed she hasn't rushed to like remove her name from any NGOs or anything.
0: No, but isn't she starting a new, her own foundation or something? I don't know. Yeah, I I didn't watch it. I I read about it. So I didn't actually see or hear her. But I I certainly did see some of the Normie reaction to this. Oh, she's so brave. And, oh, you know, she did the right thing. And, oh, she's coming clean and all of this, which, of course, is exactly the PR spin from this, right? Oh, she's done the great thing. She revealed everything about Epstein, the Epstein connection. And she was on the case. So we can trust Melinda. Because Melinda certainly had nothing to do with the Gates Uh Foundation objectives and drive of the past couple of decades, which, of course, is a lie. And if people have seen who is Bill Gates, they will know about Melinda's connection to this and the fact that she's all on board with the population control agenda. So, you know, it's just more PR spin.
1: Uh,
0: And of course, now that I
1: think of it, because, of course, we've meant to not be thinking about it, Ghislaine Maxwell still sitting around waiting for sentencing, hoping she makes it to June. In other news, the Federal Reserve raised interest rates for the first time in four years. There was an earthquake in Japan, and there's brand new, never-before-seen footage of 9-11. The Ides of March generally signals the start of a month and a half of complete and total New World Order rituals and madness, and this year looks to be no different. And that's New World Next Week, episode 479, for St. Patrick's Day, Gorman. As we wrap up this episode, yeah, I, I know, we're, we're both big into it. And I'm not wearing
0: green. <laughs> what are you wearing? And I'm not either.
1: I'm wearing my brand new Media Monarchy shirt, newworldnextweek.com. Brand new Media Monarchy shirts are back in black, organic cotton, made in America, You might want to sign up, as we have noted before, at newworldnextweek.com to get notified about upcoming additions to the store. And the shirts is just part of it. James?
0: You know, it's funny. You're sending me back to my time in Dublin where uh, I guess they had like a St. Patrick's Day thing and there was fireworks and stuff. but. It was all the Americans and, you know, Canadians and clueless, uh, you know, (laughs) foreigners there that were, yay, waving Irish flags and stuff. I don't think the Irish actually cared so much about (laughs) it.
1: These sorts of things, it's usually, it's like, it's amateur hour, folks might call it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Hey, maybe it's changed in 20 years. Who knows? Maybe.
1: There it is. Episode 479 of New World Next Week.
0: All right. Okay, well, let's do it again next week. Take care, buddy. All right, buddy. Take care. Thanks.